welcome to the Mind Body Energy Imbalance Podcast. All right, I think we live. We live, we live, we live. Peace and love, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Mind, Body, Energy, and Balance podcast. I am your favorite Mind, Body, Energy, and Balance coach, Samut, also known as Mama Yoga, and I'm here with my fabulous co-host and producer extraordinaire, uh, Flaw 700. What's up, Flaw? Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's podcast day. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Now, I'm taking off my glasses because I'm liking the thing without the glasses, but mama need the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to put them back on till that LASIK kick in, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, what we want to do is, so how was your week, dear? Um, do anything extraordinary or um, uh, interesting um, to, to uh, what you're doing? Um, man, I'm still on a high from last weekend, actually. Um, cause I was okay. about to say, I went to the live event Saturday and then Sunday mm-hmm. we did the pod and now we back on Sunday. Um, so yeah, I'm actually still on a high from that. Right. We're headed mm-hmm. in the right direction. It's, it's this, I'm not saying what I'm doing is my dream, but being in this position was a dream of mine. Right. So wow. whatever it is that gets you in that position and allows you to dream again, I think we need to mm-hmm. get there. And that's why I'm so passionate about what I do because it allows people to dream Again, mm-hmm. um, a, a lot of us lost that dream on the way. Heck yeah. On the way, right? We go, man, I'm never going to get this, that, and the third. And then we just mm-hmm. go with the motions. And I, just, mm-hmm. so like I said, what I'm doing now, it was never on my bucket list, but it's getting me to where I want to be. And so I'm still I'm still pumped off of that as far as the week. What did I, anything special? I don't think so. Just yeah. doing, doing what I'm doing, man. Doing what I'm doing. Um, yep, just that. that's it. Keeping it rolling, keeping it's it rolling. Keeping it Let rolling. me ask you this, right? So I know this wasn't on the running show, and I'm always going off dang on mm-hmm. um, structure and order. But let me ask you this. Do y'all, everybody out there listening, and you can comment when you get when you listen to our show. We'd love to get your feedback. Do y'all have people who are in your friend circle of love, people that are friends, that are entrepreneurial, but they only send you texts about stuff to buy? Like, they don't text you and be like, hey, how you doing today? Good to see you. God bless you. They just be like, oh, here go. You just get pictures and pictures of shit they sell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. I don't, I don't, I don't, it's kind of spammy. I don't really like that. It, it can be, but in my profession, what I'm learning is um, this is the least most socialized era that we've ever been in, in the social Absolutely. world. So a lot of us aren't talking to each other. We're assuming we know what's going on because we have social media or we're stuck in that social world. As mm-hmm. I'm, you know, venturing away, separating myself from so-called friends because they're just not mm-hmm. in the mindset that I'm in. I'm looking at them differently a little bit. Like you guys mm-hmm. have really created this world on social media, which I get it. I've been there. I've yeah. done it. Right. Mm-hmm. I can create this world. But when you talk to a one on one, they're not doing so well. I'm more right. focused on that part. Like, bro, don't give me this mirage. Right, you know, my, right. Where I'm going, I don't post about what I can possibly be. I'm telling you what I'm doing right now, right? Is and, and we all do that fake it till we make it thing. 
right? And yeah. I just think that that pulls away from the actual relationship that we have with people. And I think that something somewhere is conditioning us. The brain, the the sound waves is pulling us away from actual actual people, right? Until we actually want something from them, you know? Right. Absolutely. Well, I don't. Um, I, I agree with you a hundred million percent. We are the least socially connected. Um, state in humanity, mm-hmm. you know, everybody is virtual and fake, mm-hmm. you know, and that's really unfortunate. There's no energy exchange that is genuine. And I'm not going to say in absolutes, not no energy exchange, but it's becoming too often. Uh, and like I say, you know, this, um, these people who are just texting, um, they may text like, you know, pleasant affirmations or whatever, but it's no real, like, how you doing today? Are you okay? I haven't seen you in a while. How's your family? Like none of that. It's like cookie cutter, you know, affirmations, like, you know, um, like they just copied and pasted and send these affirmations. And that I'm noticing um, across the, across the board to the, so much to the point where I've sent people text back, you know, black folks talking to each other, right? You couldn't (laughs) say hello. You know, you can say, peace, how are you, sis? You know, just thought you might be interested, but you just like flood my my WhatsApp or my texting, uh, my phone with all these pictures of stuff you want, you know, you're selling. And I'm not, hey, I'm with the selling. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm not offended about somebody asking me to purchase something that they're offering. I'm not offended by that. What is um, off-putting is the transactional nature of just posting that stuff up and not saying, you know, not connecting. That is what's like, mm, what is happening? Mm-hmm. That is what that is. So that's off the beaten path, you know, but that's something I was dealing with um, on my WhatsApp app as well as on um, my text coming to my phone with certain friends in the circle, you know, Um, but it's more important than ever to stay connected to one another and really reach out to one another and, you know, be sincere in our connection. It's just more important than ever for real. Can I add on a little bit to that? Of course. I want to add on that. Don't fall for social media's new trick, right? Social media, what it's doing and it's now hiding you on purpose, right? So Mm -hmm. I made a, I'm not, I don't post all the time. I don't. I post, I guess, when I feel like it. But I guess that's the wrong thing now because this is what I saw happen. I made a post and and then I made another one the next day. And I got a notification from one of the social medias and it said, hey, good job. You're now becoming more visual to your friends. And I go, what do you mean? Why can't they automatically see what I'm doing? So what social media is now doing is they want you to stay on the app. So then you mm-hmm. reach more of your followers. If you don't reach more of your followers, you know, some things can happen to some people. You ever make a good post and nobody likes it, nobody sees it, you might feel yeah, that type of way. That has happened to me a couple times. So I don't, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So not, it, it gives you that feeling of, hey, nope, I'm not saying it does to you or to me or something, but it can give you that feeling of nobody likes me, nobody, I don't really have mm-hmm. friends. So mm-hmm. we got to be careful on how social media kind of makes you feel not important. How's controlling your sense of esteem. You know, it doesn't hijack your sense of worth and value and your self-esteem. And that's another reason why if you follow the breadcrumbs of success, you follow what other people who are really successful in these digital streets are doing, they are pulling their energies away. They are, they have somebody that is posting 
um, you know, just kind of like generally. But the tribe is on a whole nother platform. The people who they actually are trying to talk to, they're moving them away from the meta and the Instagram and, you know, um, even this platform. They're moving them away because these people are, you know, really the, the people, the puppeteers of these platforms are really, really um, shrewd and they are controlling things to a degree that's just about sinister. We better, uh, you know, before they come after us, you know, because right now we talking that talk. That's not we so little, child. We so small potatoes. (laughs) By the time they find this, I'm going to be in a well underground bunker. (laughs) (laughs) This the stuff that they (laughs) ban. We is talking that talk. That's real. This the stuff that they ban. Yeah, that's a fact. This is stuff that they ban. But that is a fact. Yep. So it don't matter. Y'all listening to me right now. I'm talking about the the um the 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 um the followers, right? The yeah. people who are interested in the Mama Yoga message and what Mama Yoga's brand and our message. Y'all listening uh to me. And if you have your own message that you're putting out on social media, you know, the thing is you want to talk to if you got five people. It doesn't matter because the other thing that they make you think is you have to have hundreds and thousands of people. No, you have to have who is resonant with what you are sharing. You don't have to have the whole ocean. Sometimes all you need and all you can manage really is, you know, a cup, you know, a cup of few of folks. The point is to talk to people who you resonate with. Is not to talk to the entire internet. And if they are blocking you from those people, because I know some, I got some people that rock with mama yoga for real. And I was on live for like an hour and a half and two people was on the live. I'm like, what is happening? It's weird. And they talk about, oh, you don't post enough. No, the algorithm didn't used to be like that. You know, the algae has changed. So it's all good. Let them do what they do. I hope y'all taking this part. Listen to this part. Do whatever you want to do, Meta, Instagram, and YouTube. Whatever you want to do, it's fine. We on here. We out here in these digital streets. And we talking to the people who resonate with this message. That's all who we talking to. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, We are in the change of season, the change of energy. You can tell it in the northern hemisphere where we live at, um, you know, above the equator. It is going into our winter season. We are in late fall uh, or mid fall going into the winter season. Now, I have been blessed over these last 30 some odd years, 35 years or so of um, having exposure and very, very um, elementary study of Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine. That is TCM, right? Very, very elementary. No master Taoist or a master um, Qigong person or master Chinese um, TCM Um, practitioner by any stretch of the imagination. But I have used some of the basic tenets to help my life. And that is what I'm always going to share with you. What is helping my life? If if I have not, if I'm sharing it with you, I have some hands-on experience with it and I'm sharing from that space, right? So TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, 
is a 6,000-year-old system of healing. It's a system where you understand the body's mechanism and pathways to eradicating, balancing out, and indeed removing dis-ease from the body. They use everything from herbs to tonics to qigong, which is movement practice, you know, flowing movement practice, to tai chi, which is a sister to qigong, which is another movement flowing practice. This is the Chinese yoga, if you will, right? To um, chanting certain words of power, mantras using vibration uh, to help heal, to understanding how the organs in the body work, right? So many of us, especially living in this Western society, we have a we have trauma, trauma from our childhood that we often sit around and joke about and laugh about and be, you know, remember that time you got beat with the stingy cord and remember that time you got kicked down the stairs and all these things or your mama left you on a school bus and you had to walk home in the five feet of snow or whatever, right? These experiences oftentimes turn to trauma and the trauma lodges lodges within our major organ systems. In traditional Chinese medicine, uh, there are many different ways in which they practice healing. But one of them I want to share with you, with you today is they practice healing based on the seasonal changes. So in the spring, so each, let me back up. Each season is correlated to a particular organ in the body, right? Now, if we recall, I wrote a little tiny book, a little tiny workbook that's helping people. Thank you all so much for sharing your testimonies. A little tiny workbook, uh, the Chakra Healing Balance, Chakra Balance and Healing Reference Guide, which this is the workbook here little tiny workbook that talks about how to heal your energies based on certain areas of the body known as chakras. In traditional Chinese medicine, healing according to the seasons, your organs are correlated to a specific season. So example, the springtime, you should be focusing on healing the liver that huge three or four pound organ that's on the right side of the body that filters, the liver does about five to 600 different functions in the body. The liver is the only organ in the body that can actually regenerate itself. The liver is one of the few organs in the body that can be 80% destroyed and still be working at a, at, at a good function, right? The liver is responsible for detoxifying the body with the onslaught of chemicals that come into our body through our skin, through our air, through what we eat, through the, you know, the trauma that goes into our body from life experience and the things that we observe. So in the spring, According to traditional Chinese medicine, you want to detoxify the liver. You want to nourish up the liver. You want to bring balance to the liver. When we move into the summer, that's the heart, the actual organ of the heart. 
I'm not talking chakras. I'm talking heart, the actual organ of the heart and the energy that surrounds that heart, right? You want to heal the heart. You want to eat foods uh, and do exercises that help strengthen, fortify, and detoxify the heart. So now we come to the fall and we want to work on our lungs. We want to work on deep breathing and taking herbs and tonics that help keep the lungs open. Keep the, uh, the, you've, uh, what is it called? The um, fibers in the lungs uh, from getting gunked up, right? There are these little hair type fibers in the lungs. I'm sorry I'm losing the scientific name here, um, uh, but you know, they get um, gunked up with the toxins that we take in through breath and through breathing and through the air and all of that. In the fall, which is the season that we're in now, We want to work on healing the lung energy system. Now there's Qigong or there's movement that can do that. There's yoga. Kundalini yoga has some excellent uh, practices or asanas, postures that help expand and heal the lung energy, right? And you want to eat foods that help heal the lung energy as well. You want to take herbs Um, that help heal the lung energy. Um, And you want to make sure that you are taking deep, strong breaths. In fact, one of the things that you can do is you can take a deep breath in, mostly through the nose. We like breathing through the nose, right? Through the nose and hold it for as long as you can. If you can't hold it for three seconds or you start coughing, you know that you have your your um, your fibers in the lungs are clogged. Right. So that's one of the things that I did during when I had um, that C word a couple of uh, years ago. I got it at the end of 2020 going into 2021. And I said, honey, how do how do Christian people say the devil is a liar? Mm -hmm. Mm-mm. So I forced my my lungs to stay open. Ooh, it was terrible. I, I hadn't been sick in 30 years. And that thing came on me and I was like, what is happening, honey? So anyway, I forced my lungs to stay open. And you can do the same thing right here now that we are in this fall season. So you want to take deep breaths, hold them. And then release and do that several times throughout the day. You don't want to just have shallow breathing. The other thing that we understand about the lung energy system is that we only use about 500 cubic meters of our lungs when really we have about 10 times that much, 5,000 cubic meters. So that means most of the day we're breathing at the upper portion of the lungs. And what we want to do is get the breath all the way down in the lower lobe of the lung. Now, this is where yogic or pranic breath comes in, right? Uh, Still working on it, still talking about the Chinese uh, traditional 
medicine. I'm just crossing Asia, if you will. <laughs> right. So you want to take deep breaths as deep as you can. And you want to use your diaphragm. For those of you who are on YouTube, you can see I'm holding, a, uh, putting my hand just uh, at the top of my stomach, right? Just under the breast line. That's the diaphragm. What you want to do is you want to take, you want to take a deep breath and expand the diaphragm. The diaphragm is the organ right under your breast and right behind your rib cage that expands and collapses the lungs. It actually breathes the lungs, if you will. So you want to take deep breath, breathe in, hold, and then breathe out, pulling the belly in. That's diaphragmatic breathing. I can go more into that, um, but the podcast is really not the space for that. But I'll do a couple of more rounds, uh, and you can find um, videos on my YouTube as well as on my Instagram to instruction on how to do diaphragmatic breathing. So let's do a couple of more rounds. Breathe in. Expand your belly as you breathe in. Hold. And breathe out and gently pull your belly in as you're breathing out, kind of like letting the air out of a balloon. Breathe in, expand the belly. Breathe out. Slowly as you breathe out, you want to pull the belly in gently. Breathe in. Expand the belly and breathe out. Good. Very good. Okay. And so that not only expands the lungs, right? It not only carries the breath to the lower lobes of the lungs, it also sets the nervous system. It also helps to reset the sympathetic nervous system from stress. It's quite fabulous right? This is how the body works. This is how God's creation works. It's not independent. One thing has nothing to do with the other. Everything is interdependent. So as you are doing this diaphragmatic breathing, expanding and filling up the lungs, seeking to keep your lung energy strong while we're in this fall season, you also are decreasing the stress on your sympathetic nervous system, the anxiety, the stress, you know, the worry, all of that. You get to decrease your body's tension when you do that type of breathing. You with me, Flaw? I sure am. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And then we'll move into um, the different herbs that you can use. You can use mullein. Um, you can use eucalyptus. Um, you can, as, uh, you, eucalyptus, you wouldn't really eat it or drink it, but you can put a eucalyptus, uh, a sachet or bush in your shower, right? And let that eucalyptus steam up in the shower and it just opens the lung energy, right? And it just helps to keep that energy moving. And you may start coughing. If you start coughing, that's a good thing. Because the body, when you cough, the body is now having a chance to get rid of the stuff that's in the bottom part of the lungs. So you want to use that. Mullen is a tea. You can drink that. Um, 
The other thing I want to suggest, it may not be popular, but I'm going to say it because I ain't no shyness to not being popular. When you consume fire, you damage your lungs. So people say, well, I'm just going to smoke the mullen. Or people say, well, I, you know, people that smoke cigarettes, people that smoke cigars, even though you don't really inhale when you smoke cigars, you shouldn't anyway. Cigars, that's some strong tobacco if you actually inhale in cigar tobacco. But just even the smoke in the air that you're breathing. When you are smoking weed, or I don't think, they don't like you to call it marijuana, right? The cannabis people. Uh So when you're smoking cannabis, come on here now. Especially medical approved cannabis. You are consuming fire, and then that is damaging your lungs. It just is. You know, all of the great healers and spiritualists say, if you're going to consume cannabis, make it into a tea and drink it. It's better to consume it that way. I don't know, but this is what I've um, I've uh, heard other very exalted um, spiritualists and healers say, if you're going to consume it, use it as a tea or use it as a rub on the body, but don't put fire, don't consume fire, right? Because then that affects and um, disrupts um, the healing of the lungs, right? So we are in the season of healing the lungs. Then we'll move to the season of healing the kidneys when the winter, when the energy changes, the season changes over to the winter, right? And these processes have been in place for literally thousands of years that you live by the season. The foods you want to eat as the temperatures change is more earthy root foods, as opposed to like in the spring and the summer, everything is green, right? You got all the lettuces and tomatoes and everything just growing in the fruits. And that's the time to consume that because that's the season that it produces. So in the winter, you want to have root foods, yams, uh, potatoes. Uh, You want to make stews, out of your foods, you know, and have the soups and the stews. You want to have hearty foods that will help your body maintain itself throughout the winter, the cold winter months. You can add your greenery to it, but you want to add your greenery to it. And like I was telling people when I was given, when I would give When I give lectures to communities, uh, what comes to mind immediately is the elder communities around this area where I go in and I give lectures um, to them about health and wellness and, you know, aging gracefully. I often recant memories of my grandmother, Gracie Womack. God bless her and the great works that she did in her life. Keep our family together and strong. Um, She will always make these pots of stew and meat was an accompaniment, but everything else in the stew, the meat was just really there to kind of give it the fat and the flavor. Right. So the chicken stew had the chicken in it, but the chicken wasn't like the whole thing. It was the potatoes and the parsley and the corn and the carrots and the onions and peppers, all the rest of the stuff that she put in it. 
was sustaining and hardy for you to manage, you know, have the strength and the energy to sustain throughout the winter. And so that's what we want to consider as we move into this late fall winter uh, season, you know, is to make stews and things like that. She used to make a mean chicken and dumpling too, honey. Let me just tell you, that was about the chicken. <laughs> that was about the meat, baby. Don't even get it twisted. She used to make a mean chicken and dumpling, honey. And she used to make this stuff called, um, not stewed chicken, but it was some kind of chicken. It was so good. She would fry it up in a big old black frying pan, fry it up, take it out, peppers, onions, garlic, and this red uh, tomato paste. And then she had a special sauce that she would put in it. I know what it is, but I ain't going to tell everybody. <laughs> it was the, man, you be trying to lick that cast iron pot. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. So let me make sure I'm hitting all my points here. So the lung energy system in traditional Chinese medicine, not only is it a physiological, um, a physiological, a dynamic that we need to make sure that we are nourishing properly. There's also an energetic dynamic to the lung system, right? And each organ has a kind of energy that shows up represented by that organ. Case, uh, an example, when I was a young woman out here in the street going to these little corner bars or whatever here in Trenton and people would be drinking and then they start fighting you know, they drink it and they want to fight. Well, what organ does drinking affect the most? It's the liver, right? And the liver, uh, the energy that's produced by a liver that's out of balance is anger. So when somebody would, as they used to say back in the day, catch the rams, their liver was intoxicated. And that's what produced a sense of anger. They were not a happy drunk. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> so let me, let me chime in real quick and ask the question. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times people like to say, if you drink white liquor, it makes you mellow or happy. But if you drink dark liquor, it makes you that brown liquor, so baby. Is that, is that a myth compared to what you're saying? No, I don't I don't think um I don't think it's the dark liver or the brown liver. I think liquor rather. I think it is your body's tolerance and capacity for either. Mm-hmm. You know, although, you know, I think um I don't know for some people rum and um uh white rum and and vodka produce more of a aggressive behavior. You know, and some people can't, you know, that that yak <laughs> mm-hmm. Like why you why you gonna waste you know your high on fighting? I mean, really, you know what I'm saying? Um, so anyway, the energy of the liver when it's out of balance, mind body energy imbalance when it is out of balance produces anger. Anger is really um, at the at the root of anger is really fear. Like you, a person is afraid of something, but it just, their way of dealing with it is the aggression, is anger, right? That's an extreme fear, right? So anger, right? The heart energy, when it's the summer, 
the heart is loss and morose and sadness. You know, the heart is a person who has been hurt so much that they're distance when their heart energy is out of balance. You know, the lungs, a lung energy, right? The, the energetic balance to lungs out of being out of balance is grief and sorrow and sighing, you know, you know, and shallow breathing because that lung energy system is disrupted, right? So, you know, we want to balance that out. Kidneys, the energy around kidneys is your strength, your your capacity to stay youthful, you know, your bones and your health, your vitality, you know, your sensual, sexual energy staying high is a function of what's happening with the kidney energy system, right? And that is, you know, holding on. When it's out of balance, it shows up as a person who is rigidly holding on to um you know, um, betrayals or rigidly holding on to disappointments, the capacity to forgive is not there. You know, they crystallize their emotional behavior, the trauma, and it crystallizes around the kidney energy system. Yeah. So we want to, um, it's a lot to take in. Like I said, I've been exposed to this still at an elementary level for over 30 something years. I never really um, dove in at a master level. Don't claim to be a master of any of this. I'm just sharing the basic information that has helped my life, right? So here we are in the fall going into late fall and we want to work on those lungs, Right. And we want to um, just really work on if we have the shadow self is covered in grief. If you've had a loss recently, whether it's a job, whether it is a loved one, whether it's a pet, because people is really connected to their pets nowadays. You know, you want to figure out how you can let that go and make sure that you take in as much air into your lung energy as you can and release the grief. There's also um, a um, folding forward posture that helps release, release grief and that energy in the lungs. Also, you would stand up, fold down like you're touching your toes and just hang there. Put a slight bend in your knees so that you don't um, put the stress on your back. And then you just hang there for a little bit. Let your hands dangle and hang. I might do a a video uh, showing that. In fact, on my YouTube page, there is a video um, going through the standing forward fold to release grief. All right. So you can do those things. Take deep breaths regularly every day. Drink mullein tea. Put eucalyptus in a diffuser or in the bathroom to help open the lungs, as well as um, visualize yourself releasing whatever grief, making peace in your spirit about whatever loss. Um, because in 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 true fashion, nothing is ever lost. You know, if people, our loved ones, when they pass on. 
you know, they serve their time. And we have to be um, in love with the memory of having been with them for the time that we were with them. But grieving the loss over and over and over, you end up harming your health. And then their passing gets two for one. You and them, right? So we want to take charge of our own health and vitality and begin to live our life uh, in a state of balance as best we can. And then you want to do a standing forward fold, breathing, just dangling for one or two minutes at a time. Go at your pace. Uh, Do whatever you're able to do. If you can't stand and do the forward fold, you can sit and put your head down or you can sit flat on the floor, stretch your legs out, bend your knees. And again, I'm probably going to make a video to show people exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. So that's the long, that's the traditional Chinese uh, medicine in a nutshell, in a real tiny nutshell, because it is a vast practice. Uh, And I am, um, you know, like I said, just, uh, just, you know, a real infant in understanding, but just sharing uh, what it is that I have learned. So. That is our traditional Chinese medicine uh, in a nut, nut, nutshell, the tiniest nut you can think of that have a shell because it is a vast, beautiful, beautiful um, practice that is thousands of years old with a lot of moving parts. It's a lot to understand. I used to go to Chinatown in Philadelphia, um, actually, um, and get, um, they have the, the, um, TCM doctors there and they would take your pulse and look at your tongue, look at your eyes and, you know, do all these assessments. And then they give you um, remedy like herbs that you would boil in a clay pot and drink the herbs. And that would help balance out your, your, your energy. It will help balance out your physical. It's, it's really, if you have a Chinatown near you, you want to go and find, um, those um, stores down there where they the doctor will see you, traditional Chinese doctor will see you and then say, okay, this is out of balance, this needs help, and they will prescribe some herbs. Sometimes them herbs in those bags be looking like, what is this? You get deer antler and moose balls and <laughs> all this stuff. You're like, what is this? But if you boil it and drink it, you be right as rain, I'm telling you. In fact, I'll be going there this week, dog. Thank you, Spirit, and thank you, podcast community, for helping me remember mm-hmm. that I need to go uh, see some TCM. Yep. Any questions, Flo? You got any questions? No, not at all. I was um, I was going through my research on this before the show, but uh, it's a lot of TCM prior to this. And then by the time I got down to like, the end of the Google page, I said, oh, Chinese medicine, right? But I didn't get a chance to look into it. So I've just been, I just got educated just now. Yeah. All right. Well, give thanks. Give thanks. That's uh, our ancestors. And I'm thankful for the exposure that I had. You know, a lot of our trauma gets lodged in our body, in the hippocampus, the amygdala, all of these organs within our body recalls what now people are calling triggers, you know, and we got to fix those. Like you can't go through your life. You could do whatever you want to, honestly. But I'm just saying a person has a more fulfilled life experience when you're not bitter, when you're not, you know, so hurt and jacked up from 
something that, you know, someone has done or some experience that you've had uh, in your life, you know? Uh, and so we have to take um, responsibility. I, I heard the first person that I heard say this about forgiveness was Will Smith. And this was years ago. And Will Smith said, okay, your father beat you and beat your mama or was an alcoholic. Your mother abandoned you and didn't care for you. Your husband or your wife wasn't the person you wanted them to be. And you have all of this trauma. And the trauma wasn't your fault. But the healing is your responsibility. The trauma is not your fault. But it's damn sure your responsibility to balance out your mind, your body, and your energy around those traumatic experiences. So I'm talking to my people who are church hurt. I'm talking to my people who are temple, synagogue hurt. I'm talking to my people who are Afrocultural hurt. The leadership of those communities or even the membership the relationships in those communities may have um, been harsh or you may have experienced something that was um, traumatic for you. The trauma wasn't your fault necessarily, but the responsibility to hear, the responsibility to heal that trauma is your is up to you because in african spiritual culture and indeed most spiritual philosophies when it's time for you to stand up for your life lived the question is not who did what and how they did it to you, and why they treated you so bad, and all of that. The question is, how did you rise? How did you heal? How did you balance out your mind, body, and energy, and still give your heart filled with love to the people I sent to you to heal and to love? It don't have nothing to do with the pastor or the leader or the members in the congregation or the cultural community. Don't have nothing to do with them. They're simply, they're simply the bringer of the trigger so you can know what to heal. So it's not up to the person, the situation, the group, the community, whatever. Okay, so you got some trauma. 
Yes, the trauma is real. Nobody can poo-poo that. I know in certain communities or whatever, they like you got to meditate or pray it away or ignore it or give it some whatever, scriptures or whatever. But the trauma gets lodged. Okay, it was real for you. But it's our responsibility. It's your responsibility to find a space of healing and remove that trigger. Do the best you can to remove that trigger. The other saying I love is that forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. All right. Staying mad at someone, being angered, always being triggered by someone who you may have had a harsh experience with. (laughs) That's like drinking poison and expecting them to die or to be harmed. Got to let it go. You got to realize that the situation is not about them. It's about you knowing Okay, so this is a is a sore, is a problem, you know, is a hurt in my life. And it's my life connected to divine source, to my ancestors, to my beautiful connection with God. Big, big, big G. And my assignment is to heal that. So I got to get to it. Because when it's time to answer for your life, divine source is not going to be like, okay, so so so-and-so did X, Y, and Z, and you was hurt by that. I get it. I get it. But I sent you to do X, Y. I sent you to do A, B, C. And you got caught in X, Y, Z. And you didn't do A, B, C because you got caught up in the trauma We love you. We got you. But you got to repeat that shit over. (laughs) You didn't do what you're supposed to do. You got caught up in the trauma. And we know it's easy to spirit speaking when you go to answer for your life. Because we all got to answer. So it's not about the pastor, the leader, the community, the, the congregation, the people who pulled the triggers. It's about your relationship to those triggers and finding a way to forgive, forgive the hurt and the healing that's trying to take place and lodge within for your own beautiful life experience so that you can as they say, not look like what you've been through. So that the inside is not rotting away from fear, anxiety, worry, and sadness about whatever the harshness was. Right? So that you can move on and be a contributing, an outstanding, stellar contributor to your own life experience. That's what it's about. And I want to say this in closing about that. Forgiveness, forgive when you forgive a, a, a traumatic situation, it don't mean you got to be all up in people's face. What you, you ain't got nothing to prove. And that's something I had to learn for my own. 
because people say, oh, well, if you are good with it, then you will still be. Why? Like you don't have nothing to prove. You just have to heal. And the proof is in the walk. The proof is in the capacity to just smile from deep within and bring it forward. The proof is to be filled with love towards them, them, they, whoever, it, whatever, but more towards yourself and your relationship with God. You ain't got to sit up in people's face. You ain't got nothing to prove. You just have to heal and make sure that you don't take none of that trauma with you and know that it ain't about the person, the people, the group, whatever. Those are triggers that you got to. Now you have to say thank you for those situations because now you know what you got to do, what you got to heal, what you got to fix, what you got to repair in your spirit. And the forgiveness is for you. The forgiveness is for you. That's it, for sure. Absolutely. All right. Kind of went deep there, Flaw. Went deep. Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) That's the mind, body, energy, seeking to be in balance for all of us. Any contributions to the forgiveness portion? You are a pretty uh, stoic, quiet person in yourself, you know? I mean, you hit it, right? So a lot of times people have to condition themselves to understand that forgiveness is not for them, it's for you. And mm-hmm. even you hit it on the, the um, when you also said that when you forgive somebody, they think you're supposed to hang out with them again. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. And that's just them, you know, saying, hey, well, if you forgive me, then you would still be. No, that's not the case. That's not how it works. Right. I can it don't forgive have you. To be. I can forgive you and move on. Some of the worst feelings ever is that person not being around and they control your mood. You got to, we got to understand how that sounds, right? They're not even around. You haven't heard from them yet. The thought of what was triggers you and you got to learn how to control that. That's something that I, um, dealt with, right? Like you don't understand. You just, a lot of times you think you can't control your thoughts and you can, but it does take time. It takes, it takes effort, right? The meditation, um, Mm -hmm. just controlling your thoughts. And it's just about, Hey, Let's say something does pop in your head. Five second rule. Get it out of there. Start doing something else, right? Like, obviously, one thing that I think that we should all understand, the idle mind. This is what somebody told me. You can disagree. The idle mind is the devil's playground. I to 100% agree. Maybe. I think, did I tell you that? Because I say that often. <laughs> I, I, somebody I, probably yeah. told you. Yeah, somebody told me that years me. ago. The idle yeah. mind is the devil's playground. And it's true. If you really have nothing going on, if you're just sitting there, then typically a lot of things seems to run through your head. It's kind of like that. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's like Jeopardy, right? That thing spins. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it sticks to something negative, right? No matter what you just thought of, uh, mm-hmm. the, that picture or that feeling, that person or that incident um, mm-hmm. happens to pop up inside of you, uh, inside your mind. And then you got to be the one to go, OK, get out of there. Go do something, yep. you know. Yep. So, yep, that's it's, it's an everyday thing. I'm sorry, folks. Until the day you die, you're going to have to work on you every day. Right. And Absolutely. So. 
Absolutely. You're going to have to work on you. You're going to have to work on because you are your responsibility. It ain't nobody else's responsibility. People may have hurt you, kicked you in your back, lied on you, drug you through the mud, you know, and you'll see that those triggers tie to things that happen in your childhood. You know, you'll see that those t- those triggers have other connections throughout your life. If you can just relax a little bit and calm down, put your emotions to one side, calm down, focus, meditate, and always be saying, okay, what can I do in my life to be better in my life? And that's what it's about. Nobody's perfect at it. Perfection is not what we're going for. Perfection is a fool's errand. Somebody who says that I'm a perfectionist doesn't really understand how life works. There's no perfection. You just do what you do and do it to a level of as much excellence as you can. But even that will be flawed. There's no perfection. Like you will be, you know, you kind of a nutcase talking about I'm a perfectionist. No, you can be a uh, achiever. But even in that achievement, you know, there's flaws, you know. So the thing of it is, is that forgiveness is not for the other person it's for you. Yes, you can be like, okay, I got the trauma, the the triggers and the trauma, but it's okay. It has to be okay. The other thing within that too, and then we can wrap up this episode flaw, is that people think if you don't say anything about their bad behavior, that it's okay. People think that if you don't say anything about their bad behavior, that their bad behavior is okay. That if you don't elicit, their behavior doesn't elicit a response from you. That it's okay and that you soft. But it's a very powerful person who can hold their tongue and their emotional energy in the face of you behaving improperly until the right time. And that women experience that in relationships, not just women, but men too experience that in relationships too. Like sometimes it's not the right time for you to tell your partner they suck out in public like that. You know, you got to hold your tongue. It's a very, it's a lot of power to hold back those emotions in the face of people who are misbehaving towards you and in front of you. But there's an appropriate time to say what you need to say to confront that to make sure that that they understand that that's not okay. So I've experienced that a lot in my life that people think that if I don't, just cause I haven't said anything, believe it or not, because I know many people, particularly men see me as very forward and outgoing um, and, you know, very demonstrative, but it's a lot of times that I don't say nothing. And then because they misunderstand that for, you know, softness or whatever, the next time that they proceed and the opportunity is the right time, you know, they get flat blasted (laughs) because, you know, it's just not correct. But then people would say, well, you should say something in the first place so that it doesn't build up. So there's a point. Maybe we talk about that next week. Well, I'm guilty of that a lot. If you want to talk about build up frustration, I, I that's what I struggle with, right? Because you don't like yeah. me. I mean, we, we could definitely say that for next week, but that's really my thing. Because mm-hmm. that's well, what we don't want to mm-hmm. do. We don't want to explode. We also, you know, we'll talk mm-hmm. about it next week. 
Yeah, because guess what happened? My light went out. Like, who told the light to cut out? I guess it was like, look, I've been on long enough. It must have a timer on it that I hit oh. and didn't know I hit it. But my light went out. Hmm. So that's rude. Right. <laughs> Everything's a sign. It's a sign somewhere. Everything's a sign. Say something about that, honey. The light, how dare you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, Flo. Anything God you got coming up this week you want to share with the people? No, not at all. You're going to keep trucking, right? It's not about... It's not always about the big announcements, right, people? We just got to keep trucking, keep trucking, make the announcements, celebrate mm-hmm. the wins. But until there's the finish line is in your, you know, unless it's in your vision, just keep running, just keep trucking, right? And every day, just keep doing this, keep going, just keep going, right? Two weeks ago, we celebrated. Now we're going to keep trucking until it's time to celebrate again. So All right. nothing huge. Absolutely. We're just going to keep going. Absolutely. 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 Well, um, Yes? No? I think so. Yeah, me too. Anyway, I think we next week, I think we're going to hit episode 25. Mm-hmm. 25. Milestone. Milestone. Yeah. Milestone. I think I'm going to do a giveaway too. Let's find some stuff to give away. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff to share. I just got these awesome bags in and uh, I'll probably pull together some baskets from all my friends who are entrepreneurs. Week 25, episode 25, straight consecutive. Let's go for consistency. Where's all the clapping um things? Flaw, you got all the dang on equipment. That is true. <laughs> well, let's get there, right? We got to get there first. Hey, so, uh, that's how it works, gonna... right? As soon as you announce yeah, it to the universe, it's going to put little right. barricades in the way, but we're going to knock them down, that's though. Right. 25 times 100 more. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's go. And we, um, little by little, we're learning this game. We're out here sharing. We don't care if we're talking to four people or 40 million people. It doesn't matter. The thing is the consistency and sharing the message. Somebody is receiving the love. Yep. Period. Somebody. All right, y'all. So till next time, we will see you next week. Uh, always uh, be sure to keep your mind, body, energy, and balance so much so that you walk through your life in peace. Till next time. <laughs>